What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. My name is Moore Milo. And I'm Ross Sinarelli. And this is the Market Today podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Market Today. It is 112 episodes deep so far. Uh, for those of you guys that are new, what we do here is we read a book a week, tell you a little bit about some news that's happening in the world, and tell you about our book that we read for the week. For those of you that are coming back, we really appreciate your viewership, or more correctly, your listenership, I guess if that's a word. <laughs> but today we actually have a rather special opportunity here. We are sitting with Mr. Adrian Rivudeau, who is joining us for a wonderful podcast on a book called Traction. So first things first, Adrian, if you can, just give us a brief synopsis of what you do, what you're up to, why you're here, et cetera, et cetera. Hey guys, Ross Moore, how are you? Happy to be here. So I am the founder of Get Traction Tools, and as you can probably guess by the name, I'm all about consulting on traction, sales, negotiation, everything that is uh, revenue, revenue operations for uh, small companies, I would say anything above between one and five million dollars a year, I can improve that. So that's uh, what I do. Amazing. Well, Adrian, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your experience in the past and what you've kind of, you know, how you've gotten to where you are today. That's, uh, wow, that's a long story. How, how long is the podcast? Um, long enough. <laughs> so I, I started my first company when I was 16 years old. Uh, it was, uh, uh, it was, it was pre, pre 2008. So it was a mortgage leads company. Uh, we, we were pretty busy. Uh, I sold that company at 18 for a substantial amount of money for an 18-year-old. It was $1.4 million. So I was a self-made millionaire before I was old enough to drink. And I quickly realized that I liked doing way too many stuff to focus on one of them. So my thinking was, okay, what, what skill set can I develop so that I can go anywhere with, you know, with it and just do all the stuff that I like? So I discovered that if I focus on negotiation and, and sales, then I could take it anywhere. So I've had, I don't even know how many businesses I've been involved in, tech, real estate, car business, uh, a little bit of everything. And then um, I would say in 2015, I think it was, um, we took a, a big exit in 2011, 2015. I started a company called JDX Capital. I was uh, a hybrid investment fund where um, our thesis became finding distressed assets, companies that had really cool technology, but they were, <clears throat> excuse me, improperly <coughs> managed. So what became, what I became known for was uh, grabbing these companies, uh, restructuring their management, restructuring their sales, and creating massive upside for investors. Because I mean, the companies were doing so poorly that we would buy them at a discount. And then we would go in, do our magic, and then uh, everybody would win at the end. So that's uh, that's a 30-second pitch of, of what uh, what I do. Yeah, and since you've seen a lot of companies, is there one thing that normally pops out as you know kind of their shortcoming or their their shortfall when you kind of come in, or is it different across the board? Um. Well, when it when it comes to companies especially in the fundraising space and the start early stage startups most people always jump to fundraising they forget about the first part of that which is traction uh, traction comes in many ways the, the the type of traction that i help create is obviously sales traction there's there are several ingredients that go into the traction mix uh, 
But most people forget how to build a scalable revenue process. Uh, most CEOs, their, their early traction is a result of luck or, or their immediate network. Uh, but those kind of things are not scalable. So most people forget to think long term. You know, how am I going to build something that is going to scale and help me truly grow? Yeah, very helpful. Um, like I said, I know a lot of our listeners are, are kind of people more, you know, we have a mixture of people kind of in that space, but also, you know, very young entrepreneurs looking to get a start. Is there any advice that you would give somebody kind of in that space who's maybe just starting out and isn't sure kind of what their core pillars should be? Absolutely. Um, so I would say when when you're launching an idea and you're considering your, your go-to-market strategy. Uh, one thing I come across very, very often is people looking at the market at large and asking themselves, okay, how do I capture this market? That, that can be a rather overwhelming thing. So as we will discuss in the book, one of the things, or how we will discuss about the book, uh, one of the key things in this process is focus. So when it comes to, to, to generating that initial sales traction, uh, what I always tell my, my clients to focus, instead of the market as a large, to focus on a subset of that market. What is that subset? I don't know. It could be, you know, who do you have access to? Who is in your geographical location? And just engage in a process of segmenting down the size of that market until you achieve a subset of just one, just one customer, one potential client who is the one person who is, number one, experiencing the pain that you're trying to solve. You have direct access to them. And, and it's just the perfect person. It's going to be different for every person, for every company. And then invest time in truly getting to know that person, getting to know, okay, who is this company? What problems are they experiencing? You know, get the feedback. You know, those first five to eight customers, the most valuable thing that you can get out of them is experience. And so just ask them, you say, hey, listen, this is the solution that I have. What do you think about it? You know, help me improve it. What do I have to do to get you to test it out? And by understanding, okay, how do you sell to one person? Then you can scale to five, and then you can scale to 20, and then you can bring in more salespeople and train them on how you went about executing, executing your sales process that is now being built, not out of understanding or rather questioning, okay, how do we approach the market at large? But you know, now you understand who your customer is. Now you understand what their decision-making process is. And more importantly, you understand what their struggle is. And you can present your solution as the perfect solution for their problem. So focus would be above all else what I would recommend. Yeah, and I think that's great advice because a lot of people try to, you know, conquer the world, I think you can say, with their first company. You know, yeah. they really want to do everything. They want to, you know, be involved in every little aspect. They want to launch as many products, as many services, um, and really kind of cater to everybody. And I think we've learned over the years, like, like you said, it's better to kind of narrow it down and be really good at one specific section um, for one really specific group and really try to solve kind of their problem. So... Really, really good advice. Any questions that you have more for Adrian? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, me knowing Adrian, spending time with Adrian, I know him to be a negotiator extraordinaire. <laughs> and this is something that obviously, you know, being, you know, listening to him for a few seconds, you won't really understand that. But 
what I do know about Adrian is that he has spent a lifetime of studying negotiation and the tactics around it and or the philosophy and psychology of negotiation. If you were to share some basic principles that anybody could pick up and run with, what, what do you think would be the top three principles that you could share uh, quickly, effectively for someone to be able to say, hey, that's a quick idea. I can utilize that in my everyday sales pitch, closing technique, uh, negotiating with your mom for, uh, you know, a later bedtime, whatever, right? Like what's the best way to give, give us three solid items that someone can go utilize as a negotiator. Three solid items. That's, uh, that's a tall ask. So I would say as a negotiator, uh, as a salesperson in general, the number one thing that you have to be, to be good at negotiation, to be good at sales is to be a good listener. So the tools that I can give to, to being a good listener are those that are going to encourage people to, to talk more. So one of those is the, the open-ended question. So in uh, uh, one of my mentors, Chris Voss, he, he calls the, the, the calibrated question. So what that is, is a, is a how or what question that is designed so that the answer steers your counterpart towards your line of thinking. So, you know, if, if somebody has a particular issue, well, get their take on, okay, how do you think we can solve this? Or what do you uh, think about this particular thing? And then just shut up and listen. So the, the how and what question is, is a tool that it, it can never be utilized too much. You know, ask as many questions as you can to truly understand who you're talking to. Uh, the second tool, I would say it's... Uh, it's also a question, but it's a little bit uh, under a different framing. So whereas how and what questions ask for help, there's a particular uh, type of question that triggers defensiveness, uh, which is something, a little trick that I love to use with, with some of my counterparts, which is the why question. So um, Chris Voss, talking about him again, uh, he, he recommends an exercise, don't try it too much. It's like for, for 24 hours, every time somebody tells you to do something or, or interacts with you, just ask them why. And notice how much defensiveness that triggers. So when you use that defensiveness in your favor, it's something that can really help move deals along. And it turns into your prospect essentially selling you. So the, the way I like to phrase this question is, for example, asking why me? You know, you have all these other people in the marketplace to go to. Why did you pick me? And people will usually tell you their favorite things about you. And then you can use that as ammunition to drive your argument. Um, I would say the last, you said, you said three, one, three. Uh, what is the third tool? I would say something that is, that also encourages people to talk more is the mirror. Um, this is so, something that a lot of people talk about, but not everybody executes correctly. So mirroring, it sounds deceptively simple when you explain it, it's repeating the last one to three things that somebody says to you in an inquisitive tone. So if somebody said, well, uh, that's what we aim to achieve for next quarter, then you would say something like, achieve for next quarter? And then prompting people to talk. Again, the, the purpose of you, anyone in a position as a negotiator is to extract information. So any tool that you can utilize to extract more information so that you understand more. Knowledge is power. 
in negotiation and outside of them, but especially in negotiations. So they mirror saying, you know, repeating the one to three summary or, or the three, one to three last question, last words, as somebody said, it's an invaluable tool. Um, it's a little awkward at first to, to do it, but once you begin doing it, people, you know, they, they start uh, vomiting information, as we like to call it. Well, that, I think that's those three topics are massively valuable for anybody that's looking to improve their negotiation skills and their ability to sell. Um, you know, listen, we can get into it all day on negotiation <laughs> with you, Adrian. So what we're going to do is we're going to save some of your secret sauce for your clients. Tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit. Tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you. Why would they want to reach out to you and how you can help them? Absolutely. Thank you for that. So um, the name of my company is Get Traction Tools. You can go to gettractiontools.com and check us out. Uh, essentially, if you have closed your seed round, perhaps your series A round, and you're looking to make the transition from being a CEO that does everything uh, to something that we'll learn when we begin discussing uh, the book, which is called Let Go of the Vine, which means transitioning what you've done on the sales aspect into a scalable process so that you can bring on sales leadership understanding how to create that structure, how to create a scalable sales process, how to create sales scripts that convert. Uh, all of that stuff related to how to make more money through sales, that's what we're here for. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, giving people that opportunity to be able to reach out to you is going to be invaluable. Like, so there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, in different stages of their company and like I said, understanding, you know, where you're able to kind of come in and help them you know, transition into the next stage, I think is super strong. With that, what do you think? Should we hop into the book more? Let's do it. So this week, actually, Adrian recommended this book for us to read uh, for many good reasons, and, and we'll get into it very shortly. The name of the book is called Traction by, uh, remind me, it's, it's uh, <laughs> Gino. Gino, Gino Wickman. Gino Wickman. Gino yes. Wickman, right. Um, and he has a couple books uh, of a few different opportunities to learn uh, how to take on some of this EOS uh, system. Uh, remind us, it's entre entrepreneurial operating system. Is yeah. that accurate? Yeah, so EOS is entrepreneurial operating system. So so this week, this book has been all about the introduction to the EOS uh, and how you can utilize it in your everyday. Just as a kind of 10,000-foot view, thoughts overall from myself, uh, I thought it was a well-structured book. I think there was really an opportunity to to kind of go step-by-step step throughout the entire process here with uh, Wickman and learn kind of where his, his perspective is when it comes to operating within an entrepreneurial type business. I think they did a really great job of giving you a ramp from zero to completion uh, from beginning to end when it came to the book. And it broke down some really wonderful functions of the process uh, in its entirety. I mean, the whole book, the whole point of the book was to teach you the system so that you can then go utilize some of the tools that exist and then utilize it in your business. So overall, uh, kind of thoughts for me, extremely valuable. Uh, I loved, again, how structured the book was. It was really, uh, really wonderful about teaching these ideologies in a way that's understandable, that's simple, but also gives an opportunity for companies to make it unique and complex as they need it to be to get the results that they're looking for. Um, so I think that anybody that's an entrepreneur, anybody that's looking to go and create a business that wants to understand how to generate structures that actually work within a team setting, uh, this is a book you want to read. 
Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And I think using kind of the term of, you know, how you kind of ramp up with it was perfect because, you know, all the books we read, sometimes they're, they're structured differently. This one really can take you from kind of A to Z. I think it did a great job of setting a really strong foundation, which, you know, more and I always talk about is one of the most important things, whether it be in your life or in your business, but it really kind of set the stage very early for what they're kind of going to get into later on. And it really kind of dove deep each chapter into that specific topic. So, you know, we didn't we didn't use as much of it, but there's a good amount of, um, you know, PDF files, um, workbooks, work pages you can go through as well um, to really kind of dive in and take these chapters to the next level. But you could tell very early on that it was a very well thought out book um, and not something that was thrown together quickly because we've seen a lot of books on this podcast that feel sometimes like a marketing plan away, sometimes where the author is kind of using it to get their name out more or use it for, for different purposes. This one really felt that there was a true intention of creating change and really kind of facilitating the growth of companies. So altogether, like I said, we'll get into final thoughts way later in this podcast, but I thought it was a phenomenal book off the bat. Adrian, what did you, what did you think? You know you've read this book a couple times and it's been kind of a Bible to you. Could you give us kind of an idea of what you thought this last time around? Absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, what you guys are saying about how the book is structured is, is spot on. So Gino, you know, he, he doesn't... He doesn't need to get his name out there, first of all. I mean, this guy is a legend in business. And he, you know, he spent the last, you know, 30 years building businesses and really helping entrepreneurs build businesses. Uh, this book is a more consolidated version of that. And it, it really is a manual for how to build a business. It's, you know, you can even say business in a box. If, if you follow this step-by-step instructions, if you really apply the principles that, that Gino talks about in his book, it's, it, it's hard to not succeed. You know, obviously there are other things that go into it, like your idea, your timing, but if your idea is good, if your timing is good, and you're just looking for a way to learn how to build and operate a business, I can't really think of a better book. Yeah, and I know, like I said, as more mentioned, you recommended this book to us, so I'm sure you've recommended it to other people in the past as well. You know, what is one of your main reasons for recommending this book to people? Well, as, you know, not surprisingly, given the type of work that I do, I'm a big fan of scalable systems. So if I had to narrow down what my single favorite thing about this book is, is just that. It's, it's a scalable process. So it'll guide you. It'll simply be a guide for anybody that's a little bit lost into understanding, okay, what should the structure of your business look like? Uh, where should, be, should you be focusing your resources? How to track progress? Uh, and, and so on and so forth. It's, you know, I, I've never recommended it to someone and then not, them not seeing value on just applying the most basic of the principles it teaches. No doubt. Now, there's a lot of different segments of this book, different processes that are involved in creating uh, kind of the format and function of doing the doing the process, doing the EOS process, right? There, you have goals, you have which are considered rocks, right? The rocks are your your goals in your in your business. You have the different functions or facets of the business that you want to focus on. Um, you have the the you know the different. Uh, intervals of goals that you have to, is there a particular part that you would say you have to really focus on 
more than other parts or do you feel like it's all pretty even when it comes to the different functions of this process? I think, I think Gino does a great job at just including what's essential without, without giving anything that's not valuable. So definitely every single step in there has massive amounts of value. I would say the key, the key thing, and, and he speaks about this in, in the very last chapter, is the order in which you deploy these tools into your business. There's, uh, you know, like, like every single process, there's an implementation stage that has to happen a certain way for it to be the most effective. Uh, but that, that, aside from that, there's nothing extra. And I would say for, uh, for something that's gonna truly help you get that next step in, in business, there's nothing missing. And I would actually agree with you on that. And the re that's kind of the reason why I asked you the question, because what I also noticed in the book is that he's very specific about simplifying things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, in the different functions of the business that are available, he says, have anywhere between three and 10, depending on your need. However, keep it to the minimum number possible so that you can simplify and, and have the ability to actually focus on those functions in a way that you wouldn't be able to if you had double or triple the amount of functions to focus on. Exactly. And it, and, and it goes back to, to what I was thinking about the, the, at the very beginning about sales. It's all about focus. Uh, in, in, in this day and age, uh, which, you know, going back to the sales conversation from earlier, it certainly spills into this topic. Uh, a lot of people, especially young entrepreneurs, they see uh, as a way to build value in their businesses to do a lot. They try to build a lot of products, a lot of services, a lot of different stuff that they want to do, but then that dilutes their focus. Therefore, it dilutes the user experience. So Gino's approach to building business is, you know, in, in a way, uh, a precursor for how I learn how to develop sales, which is all about focus. Don't do 10 million things. Do one thing. Do it extremely well, but do just one thing. So that's, it is a book built around focus, which I think is one of the most valuable things in entrepreneurship. Yeah, and I want to echo that sentiment because this is something that, you know, our group has been talking about a good amount in the last kind of few weeks. Um, and I'm happy they touched on it in the book, like you were talking about, you know, young entrepreneurs, they really think the way to go about it is to have as many products as possible, to have, you know, as many options, as many different variations. Um, and I think it's very important to kind of narrow it down, especially when it comes to product. But more so, you know, a lot of people try to do a lot of different things. They maybe try to have multiple different companies. And, you know, they kind of mention in the book about it's, it's smart to not only start to narrow down, you know, what really is kind of your core value, but also understanding yourself and what you like and where you really kind of see your strengths. Because when you kind of combine those two together, good product and, you know, good vision, it's really going to create a stronger not only company, but product and better ecosystem for you and the people around and I think another thing that echoes with that is also employees. You know, some people think that to be successful, you need to have a large, you know, amount of people working for you, a good workforce. But, you know, they really kind of talked in the book about under the understanding and being to that point where you can really hire and be very strategic. You know, give people enough time to kind of prove themselves. You know, if you, if you give them a warning, give them 30 days to kind of go again. And then if there's another issue, tell them again, give them another 30 days. And at that point, if it's not working, they're not going to change at that point. So, you know, understanding that you don't need to have a lot of people to really be successful. But if you have a good group of people around you that are driven or focused and are really on the same page, you know, a collective team is going to do a lot better than a lot of kind of star athletes on their own. 
So I think understanding that not only the product's important, the vision's important, but also the team that you set around is something that is going to be invaluable for you going forward. So um, that was one of my big takeaways from the book. Yeah, I would agree. It's like the conversation that we had with good to great, uh, which is like keeping the right people on the bus, right? Like get the right people on the bus, get the right people, uh, the wrong people off the bus and make sure that everybody's in the right seat on the bus, right? Like you, you can't have the driver sitting at the back and, and, you know, the kid at the back sitting in the driver's seat it just doesn't make sense. So you got to make sure that those those people that are in your business are in the right positions to make the most impact. And if they're not, you got to make hard decisions, right? Like you can't get away from, you know, making those hard decisions because you like someone. You got you have to make those decisions based off of the the health and 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 wealth and prosperity of the business that you're building. Um, so I thought I thought they did a really great job of also kind of getting into some human resources based understanding around, you know, having the right culture, having the right people, having the right team, understanding what the capabilities of the people are on your team, right? Like we, we all see the best in people, but sometimes we have to remember that just because we see the best in them and we, you know, we believe in who they are and, you know, we believe they can do the job doesn't mean they actually have the capacity to create the things that you need to be created out of that role in your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I think there was something that Ross said, that I think is something that majorly impacted my thoughts on the book. So for those who, who know me, you know, you know that I, I try to build a lot of mindfulness tools into the work that I do. And I, I spend a lot of time guiding my, my entrepreneur clients and even myself in a process of, yeah, doing the, the work and discovering, you know, sales and, and this and that. But a huge part of what I teach is, you know, who, who are we? Who, who am I? Who are you individually? So the book does an extremely good job at getting you to ask yourself these questions. Like, who are you as a business person? Like, for example, me, uh, I'm what, the, what Gina would describe in this book as a, as a visionary archetype, which means I'm absolutely terrible at operations. I'm, I'm just literally the worst operator I've ever met, probably. So... Knowing that about myself, then I'm not going to try and force myself to do that. So on a personal perspective, I think part of my philosophy is to build on strength instead of wasting time fixing weaknesses. And in many ways, this book is a map towards finding what are your strengths within a business. You know, are you the operator? Are you the visionary? Who, who are you and how can you utilize this, uh, this tool that the books give you to really double down on what your strengths are and really take off. So guys, with that being said, I'm just going to kind of get into final thoughts here for us on the book. Uh, truly a good book. I mean, truly a worthwhile read. Uh, and I think that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put it in our top five because I, I don't think it's as relatable as it would be to the average reader. However, if you're, a, if you're considering being a business person, you are a business person. You want to build a company. You have a couple buddies that you have an idea and you want to build something together. Read this book five times and do what it says. And you'll see a massive, massive shift in the way that you show up in the world, in the way that your company and your brand shows up in the world, and your ability to go and get things done and create a, a, a truly scalable business. Yeah, I'd agree as well. I think the book was definitely a phenomenal one. Uh, I think the big thing, the way I look at it, is it's almost like a great playbook. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways that you can look and attack this book. And there might be certain chapters that really resonate with you because that's where you are in your business. It might be something more early on in the book 
that's a little bit more in the earlier stages of your company or something later on where you're looking at how to implement these you know, tools and these processes. So I think there's a lot of, uh, of information here, and I think that you, know, you can really kind of find what's going to work best for you in your current situation. I think that's going to be kind of very powerful as well. So a lot of really good things and a lot of takeaways from there. Um, but Adrian, like I said, was the one who recommended this book. So final thoughts for you on the book. What do you think? I mean, you, you guys already pretty much said everything. It, it really is one of those must-reads for everybody that is an entrepreneur or is at the leadership of a business. It doesn't matter if it's big or small. There's always something to learn from this book. Like I said, I've, I've read it a number of times. Every time I read it, I, I have something new that I've learned from it. So if you are at that stage where you're starting, if you're at that stage where you're scaling, growing, it doesn't matter. If you're in business, you need to add this book to your list. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us for this episode and, and jumping on with us as a guest today. It's been an honor, an honor and a pleasure to have you. Uh, with that being said, guys, my name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Hunterelli. This is the Market Today podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Take care.